Oh, what does she know? Who has that little whelp been speaking to? Is it one of mine? Does something else lurk here, wishing to usurp my power? Perhaps they will need to be taught their place as well. Although this child may have her uses. Hey everybody, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM, Trevor. And it's hot. It's like 106 degrees in Houston today. And I know, Christian, you've been having you've been having like 106, 109 degree days. A Houston hot is a different kind of hot, y'all. You shut the fuck up. Oh my, my god, god, such a typical <laughs> fucking Texan. If they experience the same thing you do, no, 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 so no, no. temperature yeah. works differently where I'm no, from. No, 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 no. It's no, just no, no, no. different. It's the humidity, y'all. It's oh the humidity. Jake god. can attest to that. Jake can attest I mean, like, to you. Sure, yeah, whatever, but you're just also radiating the same energy as, like, the people up here do that wear shorts when it's, like, negative 20 degrees outside. It's like, wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for all this wind. Like, it's the same thing. (laughs) That is the equivalent. That is actually the equivalent, yeah. Well, I I remember my buddy AT, like, tried to make it in a new city, quote-unquote, and it didn't work out. He basically became homeless for a little bit, and then he came back and he was like, California cold is different from Midwest cold. I'm like, you shut the fuck up. My God! I mean, is he saying I, it's I would, colder? Honestly, I don't. It's a dry I think, cold. I don't. I don't know. A, like, yeah, I think that's the point he was trying to make across. Is like it's just it's it's a, it's a, it's coldish, but it's different, colder. And I'm like, fuck you. No, it fuck is. You, it's dude. totally a different kind of cold. It absolutely well, is. Just like it also kind of only cold. gets down to thirty for Christ's sake. <laughs> I know that was his whole thing. Was yeah, like it was forty degrees out there. Zero it was so very cold. different temperatures. I'm like, dog, we're literally in the heart of the Midwest, surrounded by a fifth of the world's fresh water. It snows like a motherfucker here, and you're going to tell me that California cold is different? You fucking state trader. I was, uh, I've only taken, I've only taken Sarah to California twice, and it was in February, and she has derided the angry air there because it's so dry when it's cold. It just, ugh. It hurts to breathe. It's like breathing gravel. It's nasty. Hardens up your lungs. Is that what it is? No. I, I, no I've been like, silent this whole time because it's beautiful all the time here. It's you, a little hot. Just a little. <laughs> you can't walk. You can't walk. I can't walk from my front door to my car. It's 20 paces without just being drenched. It's awful. Well, I guess in California, you don't need lung lube. Gross. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> I don't like those words at all. You never never had lubed up lungs before, Trevor? Yeah, right. You never had lube lung. Don't worry. During the, uh, the pollinating season, you get lots of lung lube. You're, you make it yourself. <laughs> oh, Especially with those Bradford pears. Hey. Not so many of those around here. Got a lot down here. Enough to notice. Evidently. Got that stank. For all the agriculture nerds out there, the California almond bloom is the largest bloom on the planet. Alcatraz, a Spanish for pelican. <laughs> Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Isn't that what makes Jedi? That's it. <laughs> Got it. Christian wins. <laughs> That's why Anakin was so powerful. He hit so many mitochondria. <sighs> <laughs> Mike is just sitting over there lamenting how his 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 favorite films are all of the prequels together. 
You know, speaking of films, before <laughs> anybody else goes through any other, right there. yeah, before anybody else talks about anything, uh, I just got to ask: have have any of you, and we're going to date the episode by doing this, have any of you had the the opportunity to do the Barbenheimer double feature yet? No. Oh I my have not. god! <laughs> have you no, not heard it called that yet? It. I did. The Barbenheimer? I did Oppenheimer. How of course you did. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Oppenheimer has like ten thousand yeah, percent more sex did. than the Barbie movie did, so that's probably why Michael is. I'm it. sure it did. I assume it did because the Barbie movie is a children's movie, and uh, I, Oppenheimer is the a Barbie's historical movie drama. Barbie's movie is is not it a children's. Movie. I don't really oh, think that was a children's if, movie. If not, the Barbie movie not, had no. more sex than Oppenheimer, I absolutely will go see it. But yeah, unless right. someone can confirm that, probably going to miss it. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Back up. Explain this to me. How is a a movie made from a toy line marketed to little girls, not a children's Two movie. words. I got because two words for you. Greta Gerwig. That's all yeah. you need to know. She directed well, what the it's, it's, oh, it's a person. Oh. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, geared what towards... What is a Greta Gerwig? <laughs> it's like what American, is, Micah. It is, it is <laughs> feminist <laughs> propaganda. Oh, God. <laughs> like, you see, you oh see a God. bunch You're of your, of your older... kind of person now. You'll see a lot of your older, angrier uncles being that feminist is propaganda, or it's feminist propaganda, be like, really? You're just figuring that out? The movie by Greta Gerwig from that doll made by a feminist? That must have been quite a shock right. for you. And I, I just want to assume that Jake's not using pro, uh, propaganda in the pejorative, but in like the literal term. I mean, it like is a, that is literally what point. it is. And you'll see some people exactly. be like, it's feminist propaganda. And I'm like, I know. That's why I like it. And it's awesome. Yeah. I'm a, right. I'm a huge yeah, fan. Same. I mean, I can see propaganda. I just, I like this one. Bah. Fuck you. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess I, I assumed this was for children. I guess maybe I should see it. Now it's what it is is it's it's geared towards the kids the people who were kids when Barbie came out who now all those people are adults and that's who the movie's for. It's oh, millennials and Gen okay. Z. Okay. Primarily. Yeah, like they, okay. yeah, it's cool. it's 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 pretty it's good. It's literally the girls' Transformers is all it is. <laughs> no, because Transformers isn't good. See, that's that's the problem there. <laughs> well, I'll never see Barbie to let you know if it's good. <laughs> I saw it. It was pretty great. I had Lizzo soundtrack, which I, I was a big intend- fan of. I intend to see it. Just I don't know if I'll see it while it's in theaters. I, I gotta like, I gotta be. I don't know. There was really there was a really strong the theme throughout nowadays. the movie. Like yes, it was also feminist propaganda, but it was also kind of like had this really strong message of like anti codependency because like the movie also revolves around Ken. And spoiler alert, uh, so close your ears for this next part and skip away. But Ken like takes a lot of this movie like feeling like he doesn't belong anywhere unless he's in the gaze of Barbie, um, and that's just not true because he's his own person, and that's like another chunk of the movie is like Ken figuring out that he doesn't have to like fit into any mold whatsoever or be something for somebody. He can just be himself, which is, it sounds more like kind of refreshing. propaganda to me. Uh, I'll take like that too. Propaganda. You know, like, yeah. uh, you know, I, there's, there's, there's propaganda everywhere. If I get to choose it, I'm going to consume that type. Sarah Duggett. Uh, she went and saw it, uh, last weekend, weekend before something like that. She also went and saw haunted mansion and does not recommend it to anybody. It made her oh, angry. Yeah, it made I, her sad. I've heard. She's oh. standing right there the, and she's giggling at me. No Haunted Mansion has really ever been bad. Good. I heard it was bad. I haven't heard right, anything about Sarah, it. Come here. Just, just, just give like a two second thoughts. Like right in the mic. Come on. Yeah. Cammy did it a couple weeks ago. Let's go. I'm not. Yeah. She said she's not. Wait, hold on. Say that again. I'm not prepared. Whatever. I'm not come prepared. On, just anything. Just do, do, what do you think we want a speech? Get give in here. something. Anything. Come we on, don't babe. prepare anything for this. We just go. Right. She, she banter. Said, nope, you think banter is prepared? <laughs> she said nope and ran away. 
Coward, baby. Weak. Coward. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Man. clearly Barbie did not run off, rub off on her. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So how did you like Oppenheimer, Micah? Well, uh, did you get I, any Toppenheimer during the film? Did I get what? Any Toppenheimer? <laughs> <laughs> I, did not, I did not get any Toppenheimer, no. In fact, I was in the theater completely alone, as God intended. It was 1 p.m. on a Monday. That's the best time to see a movie. It I was, don't care what it is. the best time to see a movie. It was I, awesome. Yeah. I do have one question about it. Mm. Was the explosion scene really as crazy as everyone said? Like, did you I, feel it in your nuts? Uh, yeah, I really did. Um, I heard it was underwhelming. So, so now I'm, I thought it was I'm really good. I, I saw it at IMAX. Um, I literally did feel the vibrations from it. Um, it I, I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to admit right that, yeah, I, I shed a couple tears. I mean, it's a, it's a big scene. The entire part, like where the bomb, more spoilers, the entire part where like the bomb goes off is completely silent. And the only thing you can hear is Killian Murphy, like breathing for like 10 seconds or so as there's just like this giant ball of light in the air. And I think that was like a, like a pretty cool touch because like what else is there to focus on beyond this thing that's bright as the sun? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brighter than anything you've seen. The power and, of the uh, sun on a if only it had a couple of the bald desert. eagles flying around it, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, of course, at that time he dropped the famous line, it's high in time, and he proceeded to Oppenheim <laughs> all over <of> Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> it's high in time. Oh. I just got a notification. It's time to check into my flight <sighs> for Jetcon. Oh yeah, when are you leaving? Tomorrow. At about Tomorrow. 7 o'clock. 7.30. Going, to, like going to Gen Con. Gen Con. Gonna hang with Christian. What, 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 what? Ugh, my flight leaves at two. Yeah, you have like two layovers, right? Just one. One in Minneapolis. Okay. Gross. Oof, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, my, my flight, the way it all worked out, like really sucked. Like originally my flight was Wednesday, like 10 o'clock. I was going to get there really early. I was going to be able to go get my badges from Will Call and stuff. And then work uh, had something that they, something had to get done. A client needed something done up in Dallas. Uh, and it was supposed to be today, yesterday, and Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I already had PTO set up for Wednesday. And they were going to send a sub up there. And I'm like, I don't want a sub to go up there. They're going to screw it all up. Uh, I'll do it myself. I'll like cut my PTO short. I'll go up there. Just fly me out of Dallas instead. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Well, turns out the client was all cool with that, but then the uh, company that was doing the work kind of dropped the ball, didn't get everything done, or wasn't going to have everything done in time that we wanted them to. So that got canceled, and it's actually happening in a few weeks. So my flight, which I had rescheduled to go out of Dallas now, I had to re-reschedule to come out of Houston. And at that time, all of the early flights were gone, so now my flight is at like 7, 7.30, something like that. And I'm not going to get there till like 11.15 at night. So if there's Ooh, any delay at miserable. all, I'm not going to be able to get my car, which is also Christian's car, and check in at the hotel is at like 11.30. And Christian doesn't even land till 11.30. Nah, I land. If everything goes perfectly, I land like right at 11.01, I think. Okay, I land at 11.11 if everything goes perfectly. And then it's going to be... Air travel Gen is always Con. known for having no hiccups whatsoever. Oh my god. I don't even want to re- be reminded. I was I flew 2 weeks ago and it was a freaking nightmare. 
I flew you told the us week about before it. that. It was a freaking nightmare. You told us about it. Ah! But yeah, I'm going to be hanging out with them. We're going to be, we're going to see our buddy Liam, GM Liam from Cardinal Adventures. He's going to be there. He's running like 10 million Pathfinder scenario games. Uh, we're going to see Jason Klimchak from uh, Called Shots Entertainment, who's in our specials. He's playing Tarnell in our special episodes. He's going to be up there. We're going to get to hang out with him. We're going to get to hang out with Alex. If you've ever listened to any of our uh, Patreon stuff, you know who Alex is. Uh, he's going to be up there. And anybody that is in the Discord that knows that we're going will hopefully reach out to us. And we'll be able to see them. It'll be great. Granted, this is going to air like three weeks after Gen Con. I was going to say, but everybody and, knows. Yeah, everybody every, knows. No one's going to hear that until three everybody weeks. Everybody knows at this it, point. It, but it, still, it was just, I don't just care. like me when I was like, "I'll be in Washington," like <laughs> the week before I left when we recorded that episode. No, I don't think you said anything about it until after you were back. I That's think I did like the week that I left. I thought, or not. I don't know anymore. It, that was that was a lifetime ago. Like, you know, eight weeks ago. Who the hell knows? So. Anyone want to play a game? Eh. No. It's funny you said that. We're playing a lot of Total War. I just went to a horror convention and I saw the, uh, I got to, I did the Saw panel because Saw, Saw 10 X, is coming yeah, out. Saw 10. And uh, I, I saw, I like, we got to like see the director and everybody talk about it. And we got to see a scene from the movie because uh, we were at this convention and um, it was fucking bananas. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it was. I love the Saw movies, and this was, like, really, really fucked up. And I was like, they're just running out of ideas and coming up with some crazy fucking shit. And I'm, if anybody's going to see it, I'm excited. Never got into the, like, torture porn horror. Never was into that. Yeah. Wait, you're you telling know, me the 10th really iteration thing. of a movie's getting a little thin? I don't believe <laughs> yeah, right, you. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can only kill people on stage gratuitously so many times. Let's play a little game. You're going to have to sit here through saw one through nine <laughs> or impale yourself with a dirty saw blade. I mean, come on. How long has Guar been doing concerts? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. I will say the concept, the concept for this movie is really cool, though. Uh, the dude, the main guy, John Kramer, he's sick. So he goes to Mexico for a procedure and all the doctors scam him and don't actually do the procedure. So he takes all the doctors and nurses and puts them in a room and fucks with them. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. That's that's I, I'm okay with this one. I don't know, man. It would have been better if it was like insurance executives. I think that would have been better. <laughs> like, oh, you denied my claim. Right, I'm going to deny a bunch your of life. State farm employees. Exactly. It's no. It's like it's like Blue Cross Blue Shield. All of them. They're just lined up. All right, you all got to jump into a bottle. Uh, got to jump into a pool full of razor blades. You all have to pay without a copay. <gasps> Take that, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> the fuck yeah i don't know i i've never seen a saw movie i don't really have an interest in it uh it seems like watching it is giving yourself like the the treatment that the clockwork orange guy got like hey you know if uh as somebody who was forced to watch those movies by somebody who doesn't love me uh don't they're not fun if you're not into that kind of stuff you're not gonna be by watching it i can tell yeah, you from experience if you don't like it don't watch it because it's you're it's, not it's, gonna stockholm syndrome yourself into being into torture porn okay you know okay you know I, yeah. I i changed my mind i respect that i respect that it knows its audience and it doesn't try to appeal to everyone that's pretty cool oh no it does not not at all nope Ugh. Ugh. and if you're a listener and you're into torture porn don't tell me. Hit up Raymond. <laughs> Seek help. No. <laughs> well, that's bad torture porn if you don't come. Oh, fucking oh, Jesus. God. 
Or is that great torture porn? Because it's torture. Oh, uh, maybe. You might have me there, Raymond. (laughs) I remember that it was just the early 2010s. Everybody was trying to one up themselves with that stuff between that, like human centipede and like bone tomahawk and all that stuff. Just like going hard. I love that one. Oh, that movie just makes me uncomfortable. The scene, that scene, man, is just all makes me want to die on the inside just thinking about it. It's bad. Ah, you know what? You know, uh, movies like that, I just feel like are should be a really good litmus test for like a first date. You know, like that will really set the mood or like, you know, second or third date. And you're like, all right, I'm kind of getting the screw. But let's see. Or or guy, you know, not going to judge. But let's see if this will go the distance. You're like, hey, babe, you know what we should do tonight? Let's stay and watch Men Behind the Sun or something like that. You know, that's a really good movie. And if you don't know what Men Behind the Sun is, I envy you. I don't. And I don't want to know. I'm going to Google this. I, you just, you right. like, hey, I have this. Have you ever heard this movie? It's a little, little foreign one. It's called a Serbian film. Are you into your Yeah, that one's also film? not good. Yeah. No. I'm not going to watch that one. Yeah, no you want to know the difference one. behind Men Behind the Sun in a Serbian film? Men Behind the Sun happened. That's the uh-huh. real difference. One is fiction and one's real life because Unit 731 is the subject of Men Behind the Sun. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh no. Yeah, that's crazy. No, God, Ex- I don't want to see that. Uh-oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Is that too much for you, Raymond? No, not at all. That's crazy, right. though. I'm not looking at you pictures yet. I'm, I was just reading it. Oh. Did we? Did we operation? Didn't we operation paperclip some of those goobers too? Ooh. Oh, I'm sure we did. Oh, we absolutely. Oh, I know. Did. I know that we took their research because it was actually good data collected in an awful way. Yeah. Good uh, data. But I'm unquote. pretty sure we operation operation paperclip of some of those goobers, which is yeah. just heinous. They yeah. should have strapped Werner von Braun to one of his rockets. Fuck that dude. Instead, he was in a Disney commercial with that other Nazi, Walt Disney. Wait, I went too far. They're going to cancel us now. You're going to get killed by a mouse. I am. <laughs> We're going to get killed by the Disney mob. They're going to come exactly. for us. Remember that scene in the South Park mafia. where he kicks the shit out of that boy band? That's going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anybody remember what the heck we were doing last week? I certainly don't. It was just uh, Thursday, yeah. too, wasn't it? I Wednesday? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't we end with... Uh, Tacitus was going to be talking to Osef. That's right. Tacitus was going yes. to talk to Osef. Right, because... And Bill needs uh, a blood uh, transfusion. Yeah, Tacitus sold Aldrin to a lizard man. Yeah, that did happen, didn't it? Anyway, you stay here. You live here now. Completely off the cuff um, a human or a, a sentient creature transaction, unfortunately. It's kind uh, of gross. The lighter side of human trafficking. Oh, really light, because Aldrin's small. I know, he's tiny. Fits in a bag. He's less than oh one bulk. God. I'm just kidding. No, he's not. I'm uncomfortable. This whole episode has already made me uncomfortable. This is the vibes. This is really I, You want to know something, listener? This is going to be probably a mostly RP episode, too. And this, this just kind of like sets the precedent for what kind of awful shit will happen between our make believe care. And guess what? Galarian has no rules against this kind of stuff. We can go hog. Yeah, there's no war crimes here. Exactly. Geneva, what? Doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can tell because uh, Asmordrin's always using chemical weaponry. There's obviously also no like ATF or anything because that dude just has a gun in a hotel room just showing it to everybody shooting at people. They get better when I shoot them. <laughs> it's totally different. You're going to get the Rowdy Rockfish Waco. Do you know that, right? 
No, Jake, this is awesome. Everyone around here, this is literally their only exposure to a gun. You get shot and it heals you. Oh <laughs> That's all God. these people will oh ever know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, no. You set a precedent and they go to battle in 100 years when guns are mainstream. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM, Trevor, here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one, you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. So last week, you guys made your way back to town. Billiam found out that he was enfeebled very badly. They took out all his blood. They pushed out all my blood. Aldrin and Tastus head up to the mayor's place and head on uh, in and have no idea what the heck they're doing because Stekin is so excited to get the records right and runs off to the, the museum saying, oh, you know how to get there, right? And clomps his way down the hall. They get horribly lost from some really bad perception rolls, make their way down into the downstairs area where the servants' quarters are. Aldrin is absolutely enamored with the kitchen and the accoutrement therein. Tacitus finds a lizard folk who is ostensibly the cook, who is hoping that, uh, that Tacitus is here to bring him somebody to help work that he's like a kitchen recruiter or something. Tasks is like, yo, dog, I got this dude that loves, loves this place. Aldrin, while he's looking at, and uh, in, in awe over the Taldane stove and the Galton marble countertops, who shows up but little creepy-ass Doriana asking to meet Aldrin's special imaginary friend and trying to pull the demon out forcibly in a very freaky way that only Aldrin can see. And now Aldrin lives in the same house as this girl. Yay. Yay, fun. Tassus finds out exactly how to get to the mayor's place and heads upstairs. Do that. Malleus and Ilium head to the Rowdy Rockfish to find Asmordrim, tell him what's going on. Asmordrim's made a little construct thing named Chester. That's a chest that you can put stuff in. Uh, Muckwort wishes for death because he's been replaced. Tries to off himself with a gun that simply heals him. It's kind of sad. And we're back. How's everybody doing? Uh, good. One slight point of order. Aldrin has restoration. And our hasty manner with which we returned in the actual show. Uh, I feel Aldrin probably would have cast some restorations on Billiam to get him back up to full operational order. Get big. Well, do you want to go ahead and cast those and, and you know, uh, 
hold on, isn't there like a counter check and stuff, or do they just get it? No, they just get it for restoration. So unless there's something in the verbiage of that, uh, what was it, the boat? You have fourth no. level restoration? Yes. No. Nice. Third. We are not fourth level yet. You have to have fourth I... level to remove drained. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was enfeebled. We said enfeebled earlier. Never mind. No, he is drained. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking enfeebled. Strike that from the record. Yeah, in order to remove the drain condition, he can get a blood transfer. We'll reduce it by one faster than in a leak. Remember, we were talking about who he's going to get the blood from if you were to do that. Malleus will uh, donate. Nice. He's a bone marrow donor. That's what it is. That'd be exceptionally painful for Billiam. And Malleus immediately sets out about with a bucket to gather blood. (laughs) I'll be right back. So, Tastus, were you going to go ahead and talk to the mayor? Tell him what's up? Uh, Yeah. Make my way straight there with the information that the uh, lizard fucker told us. Make my way downstairs. We don't know what his sexual proclivities are. He may have never fucked a lizard in his life. That's true. That's true. See? See? That's sad. Is that something you're thinking about, GM? No, he said the lizard fucker. I'm just trying to be precise. That's all. Precision is a hallmark of TTRPGs. Don't you know that? We don't make anything up. Everything is... Precision is a a hallmark of TTRPGs. Yeah, whatever you say, lizard fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just rule 34 lizard fucker really quick. Oh, there's going to be a lot of stuff for that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dragonborn, share with me your burdens. Oh, God. <laughs> Lusty Argonian maid. Yep. <laughs> Tastus. Tastus. I'm so glad you could be here. I heard from Tessia that you had visited. I, I wish you would have been here. Uh, when, I wish I would have been here when you came. Originally, we could have uh, spared you that little embarrassment with the uh, with the brooch. Couldn't have. I'm so sorry for that. I had no idea that uh, anyone that's... would ever care. It's quite all right. We all make mistakes. Uh, I don't. <laughs> so what are you here for? <laughs> Tough talk well, for someone mean- that's got to give his kid to uh, a witch. <laughs> I, was, I was merely meaning to inform you that uh, we successfully acquired the real brooch from uh, from the manors of the north. Uh, we came into some difficulty, but on the whole, it was quite a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, frankly. We danced with a lot of folks. Uh, we, we saw a weird vampire... And uh, we made a small friend, and uh, now he's gone. Wow. So you lived, you laughed, and you loved. We did. Yes, we did. (laughs) Capital. I hate all of you. Well, I I had a slight trip out to Absalom. I was trying to uh, alert them to our faceless stalker issues, but they apparently have some of their own they're trying to deal with. Hopefully, when they're done with theirs, they can come help with ours so you don't have to deal with. Very unpleasant business, let me tell you. And I am absolutely exhausted from that trip. Just pretty much the two days out there, one day of meetings, turned around, come back home. (sighs) Makes me almost hope that I lose the election. But that won't happen. (laughs) I've rigged every ballot box in town. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'm very glad you were able to to find the brochure. Did you find out ever what happened to my great aunt? I never knew her. All I knew was that she was estranged. My father really never spoke of her. her pictures hanging in the hall out there. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's out well, there near the service we did, quarters. We, we did find her uh, um, in a certain state of disrepair. Uh, she had had better days, I can tell you that. 
Uh, well, I would expect so. She'd probably be pushing 115 years old at this point. Oh, boy. And she looked it. <laughs> and so do you. <laughs> Them city miles. <laughs> now, yes, we did find her. We, we managed to uh, address the issues she's been having, and uh, she, she's gone off to the great beyond. I can promise you she is no longer suffering. Send her to a farm upstate. Oh, well, that's, that's good to hear. But what of... What of the manor, her family? She she was married into a quite wealthy family. Was there uh, uh, was there anyone else up there? Ooh. In the manor, well, there was all the uh, the individuals we were dancing with. That was quite a lot of fun. Uh, the manor seemed to be under the enslavement of uh, some kind of fey creature. <laughs> the irony of it called the dancing dryad. <laughs> oh, what japes the gods play. Is Osif on opium right now? <laughs> he may be. He's just having a great a time. fucking kite. Jesus Christ. He's so much... Di- Literally the last time you were like, yeah, this guy has bags under his eyes. He hasn't slept in three months. He, had, he misses his wife. His daughter's fucking insane. And today he's like... <laughs> jokes and jabs. <laughs> he, did, he didn't really go to Absalom. He went to the brothel. Yeah, he's been <laughs> fucking for five days straight. I just got back from the den. He's been hanging out with Matilda, if you know what I'm saying. If you've listened to the bonus episodes, you know what I'm saying. Hell yeah. You look at Osif and he has a certain glow. That's the syphilis. Now, I believe it is the polite thing to ask for permission since it is your ancestor. But we would like to take the authentic version of the brooch with us up to the godlight. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you need not even ask. You, what, what, Whatever you need to complete your quest, simply notify us. We'll make sure that the proper parties are aware. We'll make it happen. You have told Stecken he's a bit of a stickler for the records keeping. Stecken the stickler, yes. Old Stecken the mud, as we call him. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, nobody ever laughs at that. Well, I, uh, I have a, a very pleasant day planned uh, after being home. Can I go and take the family out, uh, out for a picnic down by the sea? So if you do find need for me, you'll be able to find me a little bit north of town. We'll be outside the gates, but we'll have people with us, so no need to worry about anything. I promise the GM is not trying to foreshadow anything. He just wanted to say that Osif is doing something fun for the afternoon. Don't read into it. I promise. Wink nudge. Understood. <laughs> I like it that Tacitus can break through the fourth wall. Yeah, Tacitus comes back and tells us that Osef went to the beach to murder his entire family. <laughs> Have you ever seen Shutter Island? <laughs> Love that movie. That movie freaked no, me out, man. It did freak me out, but the end of that Such movie, a good movie really got me guessing. Got me guessing. It's good. Keep one. an eye on Sarah. There's no guesswork. It's all right there, there for is. you. No, there, there is guesswork. There is guesswork. <laughs> because what if the whole thing, the whole thing's a setup? What no, if? It that's the way I what, thought about you, it. No. So that's the way I thought about it. Are you being serious right now? Are you trying to say the kids are paid right agents? Alex no, Jones? They, they, there literally is that answer. It, there, it's answered at the end of the movie. But what if the answer is the setup? That's what I'm it saying. It is. Trevor, that's are what I'm you saying. high on see, that's Leonardo, what I'm saying. Leonardo DiCaprio has one line that literally changes the entire movie. That changes the entire movie. And if you catch it, then you know you know exactly what. I've only seen Shutter Island once, so I probably didn't catch okay, it. Okay, I've seen it a lot of times. It's very good. And, and yeah, is, it's, there's, the there's, there's, if you watch, if you catch it, there's no questioning the end of the movie. It's 
it's all laid out. Can you for can you. you spoil the movie that came out 15 years ago to me, please? I was gonna say I could spoil it. Um, do it. Spoil it for know. all the listeners. I literally just I spoiled Oppenheimer to a bunch of people. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I would have to look up. I would have <laughs> to look up. I don't know, I don't know how Oppenheimer yeah. ends. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he says, but he says something to Mark Ruffalo, um, and the, the sentence that he says uh, t- basically tells Mark Ruffalo, "I wish that I could." I wish that I could forget what I did. And then he stands up and walks. That's when he walks to get lobotomized. The sentence he says right before he gets up from Mark Ruffalo, they're sitting on the, they're sitting on the stairs and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Kingsley is, is waiting for him. And he looks up and he says something to Mark Ruffalo. He shakes his head no. And he stands up and he says something to Mark Ruffalo. I can't remember the line. Um, and that line tells you that he knew what he was doing the entire time. Everything Everything was set up by Leonardo DiCaprio to get lobotomized because he wanted to forget. I should watch it again. Spoiled. I should watch, watch it. it. Again. Spoiled for you if you haven't seen it, but watch yeah. it. Incredible movie. Anyway. Continue. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Back to our regular scheduled program. Take, take care if you need anything else. Uh, please, please make me aware. Um, I'm past due for jacking my morning shirt. Well, every man has to jack a shirt now and then. Oh, also, hush, hush, I'm uh, in the you, zone. Let me go. You, you have a you have a new cook. I hope he hope hope he's better as a cook than as a as a, as a traveling companion. Not listening. I'm trying to keep this shat in, and he runs out the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, this episode's a doozy already. God damn it! All I'm right, on PTO now, uh, now officially. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> so that's what it is. That's what it is. I was going to say, this has vibes of what was that gnome we never saw again from the episode where Charlie uh, was drunk. <laughs> Kel- yeah. Keldrick. <laughs> yep. Keldrick. Oh, he'll be back, I'm sure. Foreshadowing. All right. Uh, then with that, I'm going to go see what Billiam and the others are up to. Excellent. I will say that Vandy probably can do restoration or you can get scrolls of restoration if you're just really down for doing that. Did she cast fourth level spells? I thought we needed her to do that like a while ago, and she could not. She was fifth level. That's right. She can't. She can't do. She can't do fourth level spells. But uh, you could get probably a fourth level scroll of restoration if you absolutely needed to from Morlevant. Ah, Billion will get over it eventually. It's fine. Fourth (laughs) rank. I know, right? He's just down fifteen health or eighteen HP. He's got plenty. He's fine. He could just go ahead and get a. He could get a blood transfusion. Wouldn't be too bad. Or y'all could just take a break for three weeks. Y'all been burning the candle at both ends. Okay, I would be really annoyed if Asmordrin sat out so he could make gear only to come back and say, all right, you guys take three weeks off. Yeah, right. (laughs) Woo! So, you guys head back to the Rowdy Rock, or rather, Tastus heads back to the Rowdy Rockfish. Billiam went home to sleep. I guess it's probably maybe the end of the day Billiam went home to rest, right? Yeah. You you could devise some sort of bloodletting deal you can figure out a way that you can do it I'll let you do one every day for the next three days to allow him to get all set up and you could just go to the gauntlet and every night you could set up another blood transfusion he's got three family members you could use it from all three of them those are the three hobgoblins in town yep I guess this is gonna tell if my kids are really mine guys if this works full hobgoblin blood hey hey Bill's out on it. Bill's out all the time. Yvette probably gets lonely. Bill doesn't blame her. They're actually <laughs> half lizard folk. 
He's not a lizard fucker. He's an orc fucker. <laughs> Bill, Bill fucker. comes home and Clunt comes walking out of the house as Bill walks in. <laughs> <laughs> I would, Bill wouldn't even mind. Isn't he dead? Yeah. No, Clunt's, Clunt's Clort's wife, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Clort. That is thinking Clort. There's too I many characters Clunt in this fucking Clunt's town. Clunt's cousin or something. No, Clunt is his wife. Clunt is Clunt. his wife. <laughs> <laughs> this is my wife, Clunt. This is so stupid. The lore is too <laughs> deep. It's so stupid. It's too deep. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's been so long. <laughs> oh, we need a wiki. <laughs> We're terminally stupid. Yeah, it's terminal. We're all going to die of dumb. Well, Bill has no issue bleeding his family for blood. Fuck. Well, all right, then. CPS, yeah. this man right here? Yeah. Bill doesn't care. Bill's like, this is for your father. <laughs> cuts them open. Takes, He grabs his son's arm, just cuts it open. Daddy, no! <laughs> he doesn't know how to do it, so he just starts sucking on it like he's a vampire. <laughs> yeah, my, my teeth are sharpened. I just... Completely exanguates his son. He's like, oh, I feel much better now. What the fuck? Slurped him up like an otter pop. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, withered. He's like... <laughs> plastic bag Jake, with no air. Jake, Jake, just can't even, to Jake took his he headphones off. He can't even it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, Otter Pops. Are you guys done? Yeah, sure. <gasps> okay. So, nighttime. The night has come and the land is dark. And the moon is the only light you see. And we know that uh, Billion won't be afraid and he won't shed a tear because his wife will stand by him. And then the morning comes. So it's a brand new day. And uh, you guys have not been to the Gauntlet in like three days. It's the longest time you haven't been to the Gauntlet. Gauntlet? The Gauntlet? The Gauntlet in a solid month, probably. Like since you found out about that fell keep moldering away in the fog fen, you have been there every day. Except for the past, I guess technically it was four, right? Because it was two to get up there, then your day there, and then two to come back. Yeah, I'd say four days. So you guys just going to go head for it? Try to do that ritual? Pop open the, 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 that wall of spirits and shit? Absolutely. And uh, is Billiam going to be coming uh- with us? I was I, Bill's gonna come with, but it, did Bill do his blood transfusion or did Bill not? We can say that he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you so I did, uh, I did yeah, one of them. Just hand wave it. Yeah. Uh, what was that? There's like a specific. Yeah, right, you know, we, we've got our like. A, I still have the technology just, for that. Just let Esmorder know what you need. He has a 15 craft now, so that's pretty pretty substantial. I can make a dialysis machine. Uh, you can add nice. add one drain. Oh, and I did it. I did it. Right okay, so. Okay, so it takes 10 minutes and somebody's got to do a successful DC 20 medicine check on you. Which is should be a gimme for somebody with medicine, right? Anybody got medicine? <laughs> it's a gimme for Aldrin. <laughs> uh, one sec, what is my medicine? Doesn't Malleus have some medicine? Yeah. Ooh, I have a plus one. Not good. Not for you guys, though. Fuck you. Uh, actually, let me... But we're friends. As Mordred's got plus eight, he can try. Friends is putting it strongly. We know each other. <laughs> yeah, friends is a strong word. It's a DC twelve. You could just go get Aldrin and be like, "Hey, bruh." Yeah, Aldrin will gladly help Billiam, and his he has assurance. I, uh, yeah, yeah, right. We really. established he's got assurance, so and I do not. The assurance will give you a DC twenty, right? We established that last week, yeah, right, yes. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so let's just hand wave it and say that you went and hit up Aldrin 
he gave it to you. Well, they were traveling two days together, too. So that could have been something that was ongoing. So, yeah, but like, who would have been the donor? Whoever we found. (laughs) We got otter pop random people till we get the right one. Jesus. (laughs) From now on, I'm just going to say otter pop instead of exanguate because it's funnier. Yeah. Shriveled husks completely flat all along the road between Maravan and, and Otari. <laughs> Billion takes a archetype point in Vampire. So, gentlemen, are you going to head up to the gauntlet? What's the plan? We're going to get a body. Yeah. Which I believe body? so. That's what, I, that's what I talked about last time. Uh, well, Malleus has recently learned about the presence of, of Boss Scrog and the other Mitflits. And after trying to think of some time for a good cohort... And he might be able to pick up. Probably oh, wouldn't you look said too you were good. Do that overnight. Up. You told us uh, Morgan you were going to be back that night to do it. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I think only Billiam's the one that's been there out of this group. That's true. So you would all have to go. That's right. Okay. Perfect. You just say we go at night. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. We gotta go get those mitflits. I'm excited. I want to mitflit centipede those fuckers, and then Malleus can animate them. <laughs> It'll be hilarious. Yes, I'm more interested in trying to get the corpse of that boss grog and his pet spider. Maybe I can make them into some creepy drider thing with Asmortrin's help. I don't think you're giving the Mitfit Centipede a, a fair shake. I, I think that'd be really handy. I'm sure there's more than enough. And then, yeah. Malleus really wants to uh, retrieve that body and do the ritual so he can have his, his first little cohort. And then... Um, put him to work and then what is the second or third level of the gauntlet that has the library oh, i'd be the third yes yeah oh, this will be great because i there. i could i know most of you didn't meet toven but he had detailed notes on how to make a midflit centipede he always talked about it i only met him a few <laughs> times but it's very weird sounds like a very strange man i wish i'd met him what happened he to rocked. him Nobody um, knows. Nobody knows. He uh, he disappeared mysteriously. He got into a fight one? with a guy, and that was the I last thing we heard of him. I don't know. Did, is, did, the, did that paladin guy kill him, and then he also I had mean, his head was knows for off? sure what happened, oh. but oh, okay. you know there was just Carmen Johnny's probably it's probably his fault. They sent him to a lovely cleric farm upstate. He had to go back to yes. school. Got all the prolapsed anuses to look at. <laughs> Send him to a prolapsed living, anus farm upstate. He, yeah, he's living his, He's in heaven right now. With all the prolapsed rectums he can find. We love There's teeth to pull for miles. <laughs> Hattie. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna yeah, go see I guess, Hattie. I guess Bill would. Bill would. Uh, Bill would have to guide you guys to uh, to the Hattie Shack because nobody knows where. Well, are we going? I know. Mean, I know it's near as, Hattie's. Are we going to stop at Hattie's? Yeah, as Morgan's been to the Hattie Shack, he's just never been to that cave okay, wherever gotcha. that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's to the I north. Guess, yeah, you can I leave that as a west. jumping off. Because Hattie knows where that cave is because she knew yeah. where the mitlets were. So if mm-hmm. like Billiam's forgetful, like I don't remember exactly how to get there, you can go see Hattie. She'd be able to tell you. Let us go confront the witch in the woods. We'll find these creatures' bodies. Well, you make your way up to Hattie's Shack. You find that lovely little hovel just like every time you go up there you can see past the fence made of vertical sticks you can see her on the, the, the front steps she's sweeping the front step out in her front yard area is 
is that standing stone representing her connection to Grotus. And a little bit farther out, you see a, a marked headstone where Tovin's buried. Oh, I can use that. Hattie sees you from a ways off and waves at first. Waves, recognizes Billy and recognizes as Mordor, but squints to look at the other two. Not quite recognizing, definitely not recognizing. She's never seen you before. What brings y'all back up here? It's been quite some time, ain't it? You may pet oh, the puppy. I know you aren't no puppy. You abomination. Don't try to pull ah, over old Hattie's eye. I can see what you are. You got nothing to fear here. I don't fear you. You can't harm me. I won't harm you. He's called me an abomination, but all right. Well, you are. You surely must know that what you are is unnatural. Frankly, I find it a bit amoral, but that's not your fault. You didn't make yourself the way you are. You don't have to, like, keep talking about it a lot. Well, you can just shut your (laughs) mouth then and just enjoy the fact that I'm not going to persecute you for being who you are. You just shut your mouth. I'm persecuted right now. What? Why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad we did this. This is amazing. This is, like, the best day back for you guys. I loved it. Malleus is completely cowed. That's incredible. (laughs) There's only one person that Malleus could ever be cowed by, and it's Hattie. It's only because I like Hattie, like, the most out of almost any NPC in the adventure. Like, her and Dale are up there. Hattie, our, uh, our, our friend here, our new recruit, because, well, honestly, people keep dying, and we figured, hey, what have we got to lose if we start out with a dead recruit? I mean, that's, I'll, we're I'll already ahead of the, the game at that point. I'll pretend that I didn't hear what you're planning to do, but I am intrigued. Wait, what are we you didn't planning say to do? what we were planning to do. No, you said a dead one. Oh, do you mean... No, I just said oh, this no, is a new recruit. One. I'm dead. Oh, right, this one. Yes, everyone see. keeps dying. Yes, this this is Tacitus. He's almost dead. He could be dead any ah, moment. Tacitus, I, I've heard a bit of you. Rin speaks very highly of you. About the time really? I went to, you know, to try to you meet know you. I, you know, everybody knows Rin, sugar. Just try to keep up. You're going to hurt your head. Go take a Jesus. nap or something. Well, that does sound kind of nice right now, actually. Yeah, go over there. There's a shady spot under them trees. Yeah, go. And Tacitus is going to do that. He 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 has been intimidated. He's going to take a little uh, old person nap under the tree. I don't know. Fuck. Billion. Billion, you look like you yeah. put a little meat on your bones since the last time I've seen you. I did. I've been eating. I I acquired a small friend who fed me sandwiches. Billion blushes. And, he, and yeah. I'm like, now I'm, I'm, I'm plumping up. Oh, that's that's real fine. I, I know that you are very, very sad. Uh, I heard so much that 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 your friend was it was it Yosef was was plying you with uh, with some some breakfast meals down at the Rockfish. I I imagine you were ter- terribly broken when when he passed. I'm so yeah. glad you were able to find another friend that was able to provide you with wonderful vittles. As you so desperately need to maintain your athletic frame. Yeah, I really only befriend people that can feed me. Well, you know what? You in luck. I got some only in the pot if you want some. Got me a stew. <laughs> it's continual stew. Yeah. Or perpetual stew, whatever it's you called. Go right on in. Go right on in. Welcome. You see, you just tr- you welcome whatever you got. You know, there's only one cabinet in there. There's a bowl in there. It's a spoon. Go ahead and lay yourself some up. 
Anybody want some? Uh, I know you don't eat weirdo, uh, but I mean, I can bring something <laughs> out to pass this later after he wakes up. As Mordrin, I, I know you eat for two. I'm, I don't know what your tummy mouth seems to, but I know your mouth mouth probably lacks regular food. A, a big tongue like comes out, licks all around from his abdomen to his chest in a big circle. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you go make old woman blush like that. I don't want to. Mm, I ain't seen nothing like that Jesus. in a long time. Jesus Christ. Oh God. <laughs> it does get lonely out here, and that's a long time. <laughs> What can both your tongues do? Ooh, that reminds me. I gotta call him. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Patty's like, what kind of This is a hell of an episode. <laughs> come on in. Let's figure out what you need, old Hattie, to help you with. Where are the dead niblets? All right. Uh, this Malleus, uh, he, he wants Eat to bring first the... first talk later. Eat oh, first talk later. Oh, you got it, Hattie. Sorry, Malleus. Malleus? Yeah. Was it Malleus his name? Is that your name? Homeboy, yes. Malleus. Excellent. Now, I, let the adult living people eat, and then we can get to your little problem, all right? Malleus kicks rocks. <laughs> You're welcome to come in my home. I don't know if you like to eat or if it's just going to get the inside of that inside of that suit on all nasty. I don't even know how y'all work. But uh, I don't, I, I don't want to know. If you want some, you can have some. If you don't want some, just sit quietly. Do you have any bones? Uh, Let me rephrase that. Weird. Do you have any bones I, outside I, of your I, body? I, 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 yes. That's a much better way to ask that because I'm using mine right now. I imagine everybody around here is using Somewhere down here in this pot, there's a ham bone. You can have that one if you want it. Is that, that going to work for you? I'll take it. Excellent. I'll get you taken care of right now. She goes and gets a set of I can't. tongs. And I, I, have a, I have a sopping wet broth bone, but uh, that, that, that works you a for my, my skeleton bone. hunger. Perfect. Hell yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that later when I have to heal myself. Just you wait. Chekhov's pork bone. <laughs> so uh, she 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 you know is very very strict. She doesn't want to talk business until the food is all done. I mean, not that it's necessarily business, but like work, right? She wants to make sure that you guys are taken care of. That you're you know she knows it's like a three hour drive or drive three hour uh, walk up here. That you're gonna be tired. You're really self-inserting on this, aren't you? <laughs> it's like 105 <laughs> degrees with 90% humidity. It's miserable. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> There's some kid that keeps saying, I know what you did. <laughs> so uh, you finish eating and she takes all your bowls and brings them over to the sink. Okay, so what brings you out here? Up in the Emin Woods, so far away from civilization, little old hat is out. Oh, that's easier. Malleus wants to make a, a midfoot centipede. It's going to be amazing. That is oh, not what, what I want to do. That oh, is what, what you want to do, as Mordred. What the hell are you doing? Okay, so. What the hell are you doing? You, you have y'all cast your lot in with this thing? A midfoot centipede? Y'all motherfuckers need grotus. <laughs> I mean, the midfoots are basically useless. I mean, at least this way you can. Is still make fun of them. It's, it's it's pretty great, actually. I do not like the meat man, but he makes a point. Plus, I need his help for the ritual. I am trying to make useful subordinates to renovate parts of the godlight to be usable for me. And for that, I need help. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with helping you engage in some sort of necromantic chattel slavery with that Paul Mifflin. That already went through so much as it is then to rip him screaming back from whatever afterlife he's been to in order 
to sweep up dust piles in the gauntlet? That seems inhumane to me. I don't think we're bringing his mind back. We're just we're just using him like a you know like Chester here. Oh shit! I and a little see treasure chest starts running it's around. It's not gonna shit on the floor, is it? <laughs> I. That's a good question. I don't know. I haven't had it. It just sounds long. like carrying around a box of change. He drops a couple of like coin pouches because they're like the smallest version of chest. I, I picture he's just like full of glass bottles, and you just hear glass shaking as it runs around. That's true. Yeah, he falls it's like over a dolly and full just of booze. explodes. What? Yeah, I don't think we're making anything intelligent. To, are are we? Ta- are we marvelous? From what I understand, (laughs) no, it should not have its mind intact. But even so, I blend on bartering with the soul. There is a reason I chose Midflits over any of the other myriad people who have died in the gauntlet since this resurgent of Belcora's power. Do you think not that a paladin of Iomade would have made a better, suitable host? Probably, but I would not ask him. I think you find it rather difficult to, to recall his soul back in a in any capacity. His piety would have prevented him from being ripped away from the after. My thoughts exactly. I imagine he may even he may even uh, resist some sort of divine restoration or resurrection. Even I don't know though. I'm I'm not well versed in those matters try to keep away from anything related to bringing things back from the dead because that's where we all destined to go well, that's where Not we'll find all. the end of all things oh no surely you won't be there too you just delayed it a bit Grotus will smile down on all of us at the end before he too is consumed by who knows what coming to the next world coming to the next universe perhaps I do not pretend to have any views of the future whatsoever. I cannot see what will happen. But I know that everybody else in this room will find themselves waiting in Phrasma's line long before I find myself there again. And when I do, I will resist. I appreciate your input on what I should and should not do. But I need these bodies to help in my ultimate aims. If it makes you feel any better, my goal is to leave. I do not want to be here with the rest of you. Just as much as you don't want me. Help me expedite the process. Where are you heading to? You got legs now. What's keeping you? I don't believe that there is any place on Galarian that I will find refuge. I do not believe that there is any place where I will be able to lay my head at night without knowing that I am hated and I am haunted. Isn't and I there know a that I am not alone. somewhere? What's it called? Gab or something yes. like that? You are be correct. However, skeletons make up the lowest strata of that society. Even though I am unique in my ability of higher thought, I would not be seen as such. And I am fairly certain that I cannot be alone. I will find them, and we will leave this place. If there are outer gods that Belcora can ask for power from, then so there are for me. 
I don't want to hear any more of that, man. I will help you. But don't I don't want you thinking that I approve of this plan because down that road, there's nothing but pain. I've been there. I am literally dead. You think it's a good idea now, but there are worse things than death. I will lead you to the cave and uh, to where the bones of the Mitflits lay the ball that killed them. Thank you. Shall we? I am. And then we leave. Tastus, wake up. She kicks him. Uh, huh? What? Oh. I hope your beauty rest you. done. We got a walk to make. Tacitus is going to kick you, and as you open your eyes and look up, he's going to be like, you want to see a dead body? Uh, 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 I do, yes, actually, that sounds fun. He lifts up the visor. It's me! All right, so you make your way to the cave, and it is, as Hattie said, I don't think you buried Boss Grog. You just kind of left him there. Yeah, and he just he left him. bloated and rotting next to the corpse of the boar, which is also bloated and rotting. <laughs> Bet they and smell real the good. I bet it fucking died. reeks in here. It would. It absolutely reeks in this place. With stagnant, decomposing air and gases. Right. In and, a cave? That, that might that, actually be kind of dangerous, even. And that, that pool in the center of, of water with the slide, like the tube that goes down from the spring. Remember that? That Yosef slipped down and had to catch himself the rope. Yeah. Yeah. So you're here. What is it you do? How? How? Are, she, she's. She's like. I, I don't want to be around for whatever you got. I hope you can find your way home, or back to the gauntlet, wherever you may be. The gauntlet is that way, and she points in the direction that she knows where the gauntlet is. It's probably approaching later in the day. Way, might be able to see the glow. You, you can make your way straight around that way. Just, just stay on the trails. You'll be all right. Or you can head back into town and go back the next day. It's all up to you. But it's about a two-hour walk from here to gauntlet. Direct. I'll bid you farewell. I have to, uh, I have to make some preparations. I'm gonna be going back into town. I don't know if Osif has told you, but we got business. Oh, is that what he's that, off doing? That girl is in danger. Which one? His daughter. Oh, I'd say so. I think he was on opium. I'm just kidding. I wasn't there for that. The weird, the weird, creepy one. She's not creepy. She's, she's touched by something that she should never have to understand. Something's reaching out to her from another plane. Something I tried to stop, but the stubbornness of her father is exposing her to danger again. Just trust me when I say I got the girl's best interest at heart. Don't listen to what Osef says. He's he's not wrong for what he believes, but his mind is is clouded. He's afraid. He's right to be afraid. And I think the only person that he would trust that does know she won't tell him because she's afraid too. Tessia knows what must be done, but the woman's a coward. She won't stand for what she said for what's right. The time will come that she'll find her courage, but it ain't there yet. And it might be too late for her daughter when she does. So pray that I am successful for Doriana's sake, or I may be enlisting your help to try to save something that's in danger of being lost that's very beautiful and very powerful. And just don't know it yet. I wonder if that stool's empty. <laughs> and she uh, she leaves with that. She's like, "Be careful out there. It's uh, it's getting more dangerous after die. Try not to be out in it." So, what's this ritual that we're trying to do here, guys? It's gonna fucking take a little bit. Yeah, how long does it take? I, it, 
yield create undead? I think it takes a full create like, undead day, ritual. doesn't it? Four hours or something. You want to throw that thing in a doggy no, bag with that or something? one archetype? It's it's way it's way less time, but I think normally it takes a considerable amount of time. Let's get this down. One day takes a solid day. Yep. And a black onyx. Hope you got one. See, this was the nice part, but the undead virtuoso archetype is that it only takes like four hours and you don't need a secondary caster. But fighter archetype means I hit yeah, things maybe. hard. So Yeah. So are you gonna throw this thing maybe in the bag of holding and, and do it at your leisure, maybe in the gauntlet where nobody's gonna be your I eyes? think throwing a rotting corpse of several different creatures into our bag full of other things is a horrible idea. That's just me. Well, though. Okay, put it in your bag of bones then that you carry around. I don't I don't think that'll make it any better. Alright, then come back later. Yep, well, you gotta yep, stay yep. here all day. There, let, let's just gather him up and we'll put him in Chester. Chester doesn't mind. He doesn't even have it though, so it'll be it'll be fine. Alright. Chug it. We find that the chest contraption is hermetically sealed to lock in the flavors. No? All right, so you got to head to the gauntlet with your, uh, your doggy bag. <laughs> I uh, love to make you own that. That was great. Our, our mitt flip bag. Yeah, your, your mitt flip bag. Who's got that bag you, of garbage? It's still, it's still, I would say it's about noon when you set out from here. It'll be about 2 p.m. by the time you get to the gauntlet give or take, right? Uh, and you make your way up the steps. Or, no, I mean, we gotta, we gotta remember how you go into this place. Like, there's a drawbridge. I'm sorry, there's a, there's a portcullis you go in through the, the, the entry of the keep, and then there's a drawbridge that's broken that you have to hop over and get your way in. You find yourself in the hall. It's not something we've described in a while, but you have this, this large hall in here. And, uh, Tacitus, you're feeling something as you walk in here for the first time. You felt this. Uh, you feel like a tingling at the base of your neck, the back of your head, and and on your hip, your your tome is like vibrating slightly, almost like ringing, really high frequency, like it's almost imperceptible, but it's almost like you got a restless leg thing going on. But it's your tome doing it. Okay, I'm going to uh, open it up and. Uh... Is there a particular page that it wants to fall open to? Yeah, it falls open to a bit about being able to see past events that have happened. In fact, it says that you can see, I think, a full round, like essentially a six-second round of things that have happened. And you are pulled back through the centuries, back to before you were even born, back in this familiar keep on a fateful day nearly 500 years ago, where a fellowship of four stands in the grand entrance to a sodden keep, one that you find very familiar. Deep in the fog fen, opposite a raven-haired woman in a luminescent emerald gown, with the air around her alive with power. Otari's impertinent words still hang the air like coils of smoke. If there's one thing I hate, it's a woman who don't know her place. You dull, small-minded man. You'll find I do know my place. All of them. Her shimmering form splits once and again, and three copies of the beautiful woman spread out before the quartet of adventurers, each with form and substance, her words amplified throughout the hall. Which one of these places do you think it is, I wonder? With a wave of her hand, a shield of near-invisible quintessence appears between her and the rogue. 
Doesn't matter how many you are, I just get to have fun killing more of you. With an unexpectedly lithe grace, the stocky man closes the distance between him and the woman in an instant, making to cut her belly to chin with a lightning quick dagger strike. His thrust finds no purchase. The woman seems to flicker in and out of existence with every heartbeat. This unexpected lack of resistance alters his momentum just enough that he has to catch himself before falling to the floor on his own blade. He has but a moment to collect himself as the hairs in his beard begin to curl and smoke from the energy radiating from the woman. He rolls away, attempting to take refuge behind a thick banister to a grand spiraling staircase leading downward. The other fellows, but a split second after Otari's reaction, make overtures to their own aggression. Subtly pulling at the edges of reality and binding the disparate threads of causality, the once doddering old man rises up to his full height, carving a sigil into the air with his fingertips. Zemzarvian, for all his years, could be roused to terrible power when provoked or when fearful and desperate. And he feels that this moment calls for just that desperation. Something about this woman's bearing belies terrifying power and potential. There's something pounding in his ears as he finishes the casting. Closing his eyes to focus his mind, he sees flashes of terrible doom. Absalom wreathed in flames, then scoured away by the sea, trampled under the monstrous power of this woman. He opens his eyes and tries to pierce the mind of the sorceress, to awaken her greatest fears, to make manifest her nightmares, and give her pause in their action. He's done this countless times on countless battlefields. It's a bit of a signature. He loves the theatrics. He loves the pleading. Not because he's malicious, but because he loves seeing the haughty brought low. But in three score and seven years, he has never seen his power laughed at in this way. Time seems to slow for the old conjurer, and the woman turns her head directly towards him, leveling her gaze at him. Through him, she sees him. In this moment, he no longer sees himself as who he presents to the world, but who he truly fears himself to be. He's in a cold hovel, his mother desperately trying to light a fire to last them through the night. She's burned the last of their clothes, their furniture. All that's left is his book. This little book of spells he's been practicing, or at least pretending to practice. It was his father's. Been dead. Sam doesn't even remember it. But he tries to produce flame over and over and over to make his mother proud. He can't. This boy of 13, unable to light a simple fire to save himself, to save his mother, to save his sister. His mother turns to face him, but the face of the emerald gowned woman sneers back at him from under his mother's hood. Little Zam can't so much as conjure a match, even to save those he loves. Here, try again, harder this time, with feeling. She rips the book from him and finds the page with the incantation. Do it. Come on now, save them. They've got not much time. Do it. No? Are they still here? The scene warps, and the hovel has been flattened by the elements. He stands where he was just a moment ago and sees two piles of bones where he left their coughing, shuddering bodies as he ran for help and never returned. You can't stop the cold. How can you hope to stand against the Lady of the Light? His vision returns to the hall, and he sees the face of the woman blazing with fell green light, blinding him to all but her, awash in a haze of malevolent viridian. 
It's his fears he sees, his inadequacy, the pain of loss, the knowledge he can never save the only people he ever wanted to, all those he cast his fear into over the decades appears in his waking eyes, mocking him, assailing him with curses and fists and cudgels. The halfling and the armored woman look on to see their elder, elder companion on his knees, convulsing bruises appearing across his face. A trickle of pale vermilion snakes its way from his nose and dribbles from his lip as they curl into a pain sneer and he begins babbling incoherently, falling forwards and thrashing on the stone floor. The halfling runs to her friend and kneels, whispering a desperate prayer to her rastal as the armored woman begins to run in a full sprint towards the sorceress. Don't think I've forgotten about you. Hateful eyes dart to the spiral staircase and an emerald-clad arm reaches up to grasp the air, violently pulling the ceiling down upon the stocky road. A wave of dust and rubble floods the hall as the halfling begins to cough violently. The dust swirls into a tempest, and the woman in emerald disperses the collected detritus, clearing a path between her and the halfling. And then there were two. Atasta snaps back to the room, having taken in this effectively initial round of combat between the Rose Guard and Belcora. 500 years before. Yay. I've been planning that for so long, y'all. I wanted to do that for so long. I just never had a chance to. That's fucking dope. dope. Yeah, I liked it. She what? I don't think that turns out very well in the end. I feel it was a draw. We'll call it a draw. Strange. Yeah, where's that wheelchair? We could just push him along. I think it's out here somewhere. Just put him (laughs) in the chest. There's a... There's a dead yeah, nipple in there. In there. It stinks. So? <laughs> Tacitus already stinks. Who cares? Throw him in there. <laughs> you guys want to go ahead and teleport down because you can teleport to relatively close to this place. We can. Yes. Can we? Yep. Excellent. So you make your way down into the big area. The big chapel to Nimbaloth. Problem is you're not alone. You see the telltale flickerings of Will-o'-the-Wisps. Those bastards. The ceiling above. Back in Otari, though, a ship arrives at the docks. Just a trading vessel. Looks like it's here just to uh, bring a a, a load of textiles. But it's also got a passenger on it. It's an older man carrying a satchel across his shoulder and hauling a moderately sized chest. Man must be strong. This thing is usually a two-person job. He brings it down the gangplank and, and sets it on the, the dock, tosses a coin to a young man that just tied off the boat. Go fetch me a porter, son. I need passage. need assistance. Got to get to the Dawnflower Library. And he looks across the water of the bay over to the library, sees its dome gleaming in the sunlight. In the early afterglow, six foot one and square-shouldered in full golden plate armor. You can see it's meticulously maintained and polished. It looks... It makes Solus's plate look shabby. The armor is adorned with purple fabrics, and on one of his pauldrons is embossed a symbol of a gauntlet encased in bright green briars. His face is kind, but marked with years, 
and scars. With an imposing stature and a clean-shaven face. With graying, medium-brown hair. This knight has arrived in the city on orders to report for duty at the Dawnflower Library. And maybe we'll find out what he's doing here when we come back next week. Oh shit. Ooh, ooh. New character. A new, new challenger Who the fuck is this? Well, 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 Roll for Intent uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Roll for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Original characters and storylines are the property of Roman Neville Productions. Music for this podcast was provided by Michael Gelfie. Flip Melvin and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>